When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Well, there's a big question that we're going to try and answer for you today. And why am I speaking in this voice? Well, turns out, you know, the big game was on Sunday. And I actually voiced my very first big game ad. Not allowed to say Super Bowl. You have to say big game. Not sure why. I guess the NFL might sue you. But I did. I actually did a Super Bowl ad. I don't know where it aired, if it even aired. I I think I saw it. Was it the menopause ad? Was yeah, it that the was the one Jesus yeah. ad, or was it the one for the Chinese retailer who's selling stuff to girls? Is that what that one was? <laughs> was that a Chinese retailer? I have I've no, heard idea. no idea why no, the Chinese my, are pushing I don't think in the U.S. market. But aired yeah. during the ah, big game. Okay. I think right. it more is more of an online thing. But it was for it was for Sweetwater Lager. A, a lovely good, little good brewery spot, out yeah. of Atlanta, Georgia. How long and is it, it going to take you to drink up the trade on that one? I know. I, I didn't. I, I, I wanted to get. I told them I, I will take beer. it in beer. Beer for voice. But, uh, but it, and if you want to see my very first ever Super Bowl ad, just go to donmcdonald.com. I have it right there on my on my personal website, donmcdonald.com. All joking aside, that's a big deal. So I think it was fun to do because yeah. I got to play this guy. The cowboy kind of guy. You know, mm-hmm. it's the yeah. Sam Elliott read. Sam I still Elliott. think you do a better in a world where one man stands in a alone. world like that. Yeah. Where, and by the way, this mic I'm using right now, which no is one can the see in the world, Mike, this is the, this is the one that okay. the, the announcers use when they want that voice. Yeah. It's yeah. a Sennheiser MKH 416, as I've talked about on previous micathons here on Talking Real Money Weekends. Anyway, welcome to Talking Real Money just every day. I'm Don McDonald in the normal Don McDonald radio studios in Florida. Tom, of course, likes to hang out with planes. He's just a plain kind of guy. <laughs> Very just much a plain so. old American <laughs> hanging out in the aircraft museum. And uh, we're here to try to shed some light on the mad, mad world of money. And today, we have an interesting topic for you. One that I had never expected we would share. But the question, it's raised by a new book. And the question is thus. Thus. Feeling very Shakespearean. And the question is thus. Why, after 300 years of financial and investing advice... Are we not all wealthy, Tom? Which I think it's a, a fair question. The book is Invested, How Three Centuries of Stock Market Advice Reshaped Our Money, Markets, and Mind. Um, and then the author of this review goes on to say the advice in most cases is pretty much the same. Uh, they go all the way back to 1761. What Guy. was there to invest in in 1761? Apparently something. Thomas Mortimer penned Every Man His Own Broker, uh, which I 
thought you wrote the foreword for. Apparently not, though. Every man his own. You know, after this many years, it's brain starts to go. And by the way, it was five editions. Five, five editions. editions. Yeah. What is there to talk about? Okay, well, I got to look up. Okay, stocks. you're gonna. Yeah, it's it, it. It. Guess what? His his take. Thomas Mortimer. Experts are rather overrated, and maybe you need to say that in your British accent. Yeah. Uh, what was the quote again? Oh, experts are overrated. Yes, that's uh, every man his own broker. Then you move on to Thomas, apparently a popular name, Fortune's book, Epitome of the Stocks and Public Funds, published in 1796. 17 editions of that one. Um, again, created a whole new arena for financial writers. And uh, But if that wasn't good enough, you could read the <laughs> – how about this one? A short, sure guide to railway speculation. Oh well, there we There's have it. Making That's some the real one money. Where, that's where this guy hangs out. He yeah, hangs exactly. out in that world. Yeah, you got a whole bunch of those stock certificates hanging on the wall, do you? <laughs> uh, and then uh, another appropriate name: Moses Smith's Plain Truths about Stock Speculation. Then you start to move into the more modern era. I, I know there's not a lot of you that are, have followed things that closely in the late. 19th century, but uh, Burton Mall kills a random walk down Wall Street. Of course, you know that, et cetera, et cetera. But okay, what has stood the test of time? That's what the author asks, which this is kind of interesting because I think this is very debatable. The first one, the author says, is when interest rates are high, you need stock markets less than when rates are low. In other words, <laughs> you can invest in bonds and cash-like things and make money and you don't need to be in stocks. Mm. Now, that is a very silly notion for a variety of reasons, including when do you switch from one to another? Well, you're being really nice using the word silly. That's just stupid <laughs> advice. Kind of, I just, you know, I'm going to call it like it is. Oh, okay. by the way, before you go on with your other points, yes. did you know there Probably were not. five global bear markets in the 1700s. Because that's the tulips were all the way back to like the 1500s, right? Or 15, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the, if, you, if you invested prior wow. to uh, 1700, there was only one stock. There was which only one. Which was Gen, the Dutch, General the Electric? Dutch, no, the kidding. Dutch West India Company. Oh, yeah, which went up, it went down, it went sideways, and it's gone. So No, I think it still exists. Can you still buy that one? I believe you can, yes. The <laughs> longest-running portfolio yeah, of I all time? I do believe you can. Yeah, okay. Well, but uh, let's finish the thought here. All right, go ahead. The interest rates are high, stock markets need less. Why is that silly? I mean, it's silly to me for a variety of reasons, including who knows when one's going to be one or one the other, but your take is? My take is that it's it's that it's market timing. Yeah, it's just market timing. No, you 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 want to be in both because they serve different purposes. And the other thing that's silly about it is that bonds tend to have very high yields in periods of high interest rates or high inflation. And guess what? That means they don't do very well in terms of real returns. Real return. I mean, yeah. I meant to say inflation, not high. High rates are high in periods of inflation, like they are now. I mean, right now we have inflation at. 6.4% is the yeah. annualized number. And the best yield you can get on an absolutely safe government bond is about 5%. There you go. Therefore, losing. you are absolutely losing 1.4% per year. So why are they better for you? Yeah, I think that's very fair. Uh, he also says 
The other big takeaway that you'll like this one, keep your costs low. And he talks about John Bogle's little book of common sense investing, which I think is a very good book for people that want to understand this business. And I think that's been around for like 30 years or something. So it's even that one's getting a little long in the tooth. Keep your costs low. I think that's a good one. Look for value. Um, and talks about Benjamin Graham's uh, definitive book on value investing. And here's a great one, Don, for you. Diversify talks about how we agree with that. (laughs) Well, this goes back to 1870. The book is guide to investing money. Bond investors should divide their holdings among Turkish, Italian, Spanish, Egyptian, and Argentine loans. Now that's not the advice we would give you today, but still diversification of investments is a I got to think that through. Turkey, probably not doing very well. Italy hasn't for a long time. When was this advice given? 1870. Uh, Uh, Let's go through them. Let's see. Wait, I can take care of all these. Uh, Turkey was the Ottoman Empire. I know. Italy Uh, was Italy, but I don't think it was doing particularly well. Turkey was the Ottoman Empire, and it was defeated in World War I and went broke. Italy was part of the Axis. Uh, They went broke. Spain? Spain they had the um, Philippines and all that taken from them about that time, right? 1870, something like that. No, 18, maybe little, like actually 1890, 1890 yeah, 1898 right, yeah. was when we went to war with Spain. Yep. So that didn't go well. Egypt, all those months, Egypt, Egypt I, I hasn't can't been even, that good for about 1500 years or something, right? It's been a long something time. like that. Yeah. Very long time. Yeah. And Argentina. Time. I don't know when they really they've had their defaulted. golden moment. I don't they've know. defaulted multiple times on their debt. We do have some wonderful 99-year Argentinian bonds we could load you up on. Oh, and by um, the way, the Dutch West India Company did fail in the oh, 1750s. Oh, that's so. a shame. Yeah, I was sorry. really looking forward to my dividend from them. Uh, the other one, and this is really actually pretty important, and I'm glad that they touched on this. Think long-term and keep your emotions in check. Wow, that takes a lot of uh, a lot of. Okay, there. so we read this whole book for that. I did not read the whole book. Actually. No, but if we read it, I, yeah. it was hypothetical. We read it. Um, we we might have read this book and wasted all this time for that <laughs> one little tidbit. No, of, I like of, value. I like value. I like diversifying. Um, no, but their diversification was bad advice. It was like buy Egypt and Argentina. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back in 30 years and see if it was right or not. Um, okay, but there's a few takeaways. Number one, right. I, which they don't talk about in here, which I think is silly. And again, most people, when they think about investing, think they need to what? Beat the market. I got to do more. They don't. Why don't they just talk about owning all the global portfolio and taking the returns from there? Number two, ridiculous that uh, the suggestion, the first suggestion is that a timing strategy will sort of do you well in good markets and bad. Nobody has that strategy that's done well in the past. Not at all. Um, and then I, I thought that you could, and maybe you wouldn't get some advice from you, Don, the books that if you had to pick a few books today, yeah. which ones would they be to help a general invest? Oh, there's book out. John no, Bogle's but, books are good. Yeah, but why, here, here's my point is why bother with them when the only, the, the message is simply this, diversify globally, build a portfolio for your risk tolerance and control your emotions. There you go. No, that's the whole book. Keep your costs low. Keep your costs oh, low. Oh, keep costs low. Four yeah. things. That's it. Okay. We're done. Wait, well, that's a, 
four page book. You could put one on each page, and there you go. That's, That's a, a book one page book with oh, bullet okay. points. <laughs> with bullet, you're not supposed to put bullet points. Any rate, who uh, make, wait, you make all these. Uh, the, the, these I know. These I'm the first to admit that I'm wrong. Well, no, bullet points interrupt your thoughts. That they say just to have a regular who paragraph. Who is they? I don't know. Somebody who's smarter than me came up with that. So, um, how you do know. you know they were smarter than you? Well, that's a good point, by the way. I just, you just take I if you read something somewhere, you just say, "Oh, I believe this person." I believe everything I read, and I just wrote that down. So the the reality <laughs> here is, uh, they forget one other part of all this about the about the getting rich thing. Mm-hmm. There's this whole other part of of investing is what half of us don't do. We don't save anything. You got to save something first to invest it, right? You got to have right, the, so the discipline to do that first. Five bullet points now. Yeah, you got to do that first. Okay. Um, just um, to let you know, yeah. I have to follow up because this is important. Um, oh. For most of the 1700s. <laughs> yes, from a, a period globally, you're familiar with, yes. A globally diversified portfolio consisted of six companies. Six? Yeah. It wasn't until wow. the 1800s that the number of stocks increased into the hundreds. And the when was the biggest global bear market of all time? You'll never get this one. The right. Panic of eighteen ninety two. I don't even know if there was one of those. Yeah, there was a panic. Okay, the worst two. bear market in so. global history. Yes, was the crash Uh-oh. of seventeen nineteen. Seventeen nineteen. Yeah, where the global index fell eighty nine percent. That was a bad year, man. Wow. Second worst was 1929. Wow. Okay. Well, a little more familiar. That's so. Second one's less than 100 years ago. Not even that. Right. So it looks like if you extrapolate that out, 1929, 21, 29, we're doing for something. Is what we're you're doing about 2219. 22. Oh, okay. So I'm okay then. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm selfish. I'm not worried about everybody else, but I don't want it to happen in my lifetime. So my prediction my. is, yeah. <laughs> the next major. Crash will come in 2219. That's okay. my prediction. All right. Well, we'll hang on for that. So, got time for a, a quick question oh, or two here? I, I always have time for questions. Well, this one comes from I your love friend. love me some questions. Your friend Merv from Colorado. No, and we are not, not taking. Uh, this, no, no. <laughs> I'm reading no it anyway. No more Merv it's questions. Not, this isn't one of the crypto or why he hates Don. All things. right. This is a lot better All than right. That, is so. he going to call me names again? Nope. nope. Okay. Nope. This is, right. uh, Merv writes, with all of this talk in the media about raising the debt ceiling, I think I should get a little smarter about what's in play. I learned the total government debt has been steadily increasing since the 1980s. It appears debt has been manageable as the Fed has pushed down interest rates over the same period. So if the debt is going to continue increasing, interest rates are going to increase. What is the Fed going to do to raise What about my retirement savings, increasing taxes, et cetera? Should I be worried about the fact that I think the U.S. national debt sits at somewhere around 31 trillion dollars should i not invest in this country in stocks etc cetera, etc cetera. so here's the good news for you don the very <sighs> yes. good news what's the good news i don't I even need have some. to ask you this question i yes. can ask our friends at dimensional funds instead oh. dfa answered D- it for F- us yes they did very D-F-A, kindly a all the way uh, so they said, okay, first of all, the u.s has been around for 245 years there's only been two years the united states has not been in debt Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes this somewhat significant is it does represent the debt limit or debt ceiling, something that's been faced numerous times. 
Correct. Yeah. Uh, evidence suggests there is not a correlation between country debt and equity market returns. Let me say that again. Evidence, and these are people <laughs> just making this stuff up, not making this stuff up, suggests there has not been a strong correlation between country debt and equity market returns. That is, as a matter of fact, is absolutely true because I was just looking at a chart of returns for global markets and, uh, you know, there have been years in which the best returning market is like Belgium and they have more debt per capita than we do. That's so, the key per GDP. By the way, uh, they also say GDP. whether it be debt, economic growth, inflation or interest rates. Here's the important part of out of all this. We believe market prices quickly incorporate information and expectations. In other words, that is, as we say, baked into the cake. It's already in the prices of those equities. You can't expect a major surprise, therefore, as a result. I think this is the hardest concept for everyone, our listeners included, for everyone to grasp. And that is this concept of the feeling. I feel like I, you know, oh my gosh, what if these things happen? Well, remember, you're not the only one watching the nightly news or reading the <laughs> oh, newspaper. A couple other, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're not the only one who knows what might be happening in the future. And markets are incredibly adept at pricing that information in today, which is one of the biggest reasons why we get these calls a lot. Well, we just went into a recession. Why is the stock market going up? Because the stock market had been going down prior to the recession, having factored it into prices already. Bingo. Yeah, great answer. All right. This comes from Carter in Janesville, Wisconsin. Don't know Janesville. Well, it's right next to Jacksville. I know Jamestown, but not Janesville. Okay, he says- No, that's eight- Jamestown. Oh, pardon not me. Jamestown. I'm eight- well, you know, James, she should have one too. He's got one. She should have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carter says I'm 18 years old. Hey, thanks for listening. Going to college, working full time through that. Wow. That now there's, there's ambition. Okay. Going to college, working full time. I love that. Has a brokerage that's invested in SWPPX and VOO. Got a Roth IRA with 12,000 invested in VOO and VOOG. And as an employer employee sponsored Roth 401k in DFFVX, what do you think? Well, first of all, the brokerage account in SWPPX and VOO, I got a problem with that mm-hmm. because those are two They're funds. The same yeah, darn thing. The, it's exact. It's the standard and pours 500. Mm-hmm. So not liking that. Uh, he even says, do you think I should be more diversified? Yeah, pretty much you should be. Um, and then the Roth in VOO and VOOG. I didn't get a chance to look up VOOG, which I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, that's the S&P growth component. Okay, so we're just getting... So it's the wrong side of the S&P <laughs> yeah. for us. Yeah, it's we It's the growth be... side. Mm. It's the one that has done best over the past there decade. There you go, which, which it has, sure. Has um, done best. Yeah. Okay, if, if very quickly, on the Roth with 12,000, I would put that in AVGE. Ooh, let me tell you a little something interesting. Would you like yeah. to hear an interesting story about AVGE? Uh-oh, did, did it go bust over the no, weekend and it wasn't paying um, attention? I have a friend and they have an account at Merrill for some reason. I don't know why. 
But they said, what should we, what can we put our money in? And I said, AVGE, you know, they're young and aggressive. Sure. They went to order AVGE and Merrill has it as a restricted ETF. They're not allowed to purchase it in a Merrill Lynch account. We don't know why. I don't know why. She said, is there anything else you can suggest? I said VT and they went, okay, that worked. Or VBR, uh, which wouldn't be global though. VT would be global. That you know what? I know people at uh, Merrill Lynch. I will find out. Do you? Good yeah, for you. I do. Look yes, at that. I Tom do. follows up. Well, I always have Plan B. So, but if it doesn't I, you work know, out for an eighteen-year-old, an eighteen-year-old wasn't one of those funds a DFA, gl- a government bond fund? No, that's not. Uh, what was the DFF? DF. FVX, that's their small value fund. Oh, I typed in yeah. G. Okay. Yeah. Guy typed in the G. The point of the matter is you're all in U.S. stocks. You're mainly in large U.S. stocks. So you're kind of on the wrong, as Don said, wrong side of the mm-hmm. aisle, tracks, whatever you want to call it. So we would prefer to see you redo that. The Roth especially should be the most aggressive. AVGE and yep. AVUV. AVUV if you had to. So, yeah, there's mm-hmm. be some changes there. The brokerage, again, maybe what you do is you add money to the brokerage you could, if you have gains in those two funds, you'd start adding other funds. You add U.S. small cap value, as Don just said, AVUV. You add international. There's stuff you could add there that would give you greater diversification. But I will say this. At 18, I think it's awesome that you're going to school and you're working full-time. Wow, a lot to admire there. And that you're saving. Because at 18, who even really thinks about that at 18? No, I didn't. I can tell you that much. I've had my mind on the thing. How comfortable our retirements would be looking right now. I hate if to we say it, but I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I don't. Yeah, you would. So. You just love it that much. You do. <laughs> see, you I do. See. You're a glutton I'm calling for Merrill Lynch. I'm You're calling a glutton right for now. punishment. I'm calling right now. We'll call them at Avantis. Maybe Avantis doesn't know. Hey, Avantis, why did they blackball your fund? At, uh, at Merrill. We should ask. I will ask them too, actually. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. All right. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to pitch? <laughs> I don't really Share. have a, you know, the reality is um, the pitch has gone very well. And we've talked to a lot of people in the first, uh, what, uh, six weeks of the year. Always mm-hmm. welcome to call us or, or ask for help. So I'm not pitching much because we're already busy, but glad to talk to you whenever you want to. Of course. Oh, and by the way, retirement's coming up uh, last weekend of February. Oh, the virtual version still the has The virtual seats. version has lots of seats available, so you can sign up for that for free at That's retiremeet.com. Or visit us at talkingrealmoney.com for all the good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff there. We even have articles there now and stuff. Beautiful great, looking site. Great well place. done, sir. Go visit. I'm Don. That's Tom. We're out of here because we got to do another day, spend another day talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time. So please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?